The word calls us continually to be thankful and grateful. And it's something we have to teach. And if some jolly guy's dropping off what you want every December the 25th, it's not inherently a grateful thing. Oh, just, there's gee. so many things that we really need to consider what we're doing. We need to bring this into a realm where it's touched by the sovereignty of God, right? Not devoid of it. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will see He's the faith. It's that time again, Jesse. That's that time of the week, right in the middle of the week, where we record this episode before Friday, so Jaeger can edit it. <laughs> That's the time. <laughs> Welcome to episode forty-nine of the episode of the Carpet Fide podcast. Here we are tonight, recording, so that Jaeger can <laughs> so that it can be appropriately edited and uh, sound amazing. You should hear what it sounds like before he edits it. Yeah. I, I hear it. It's it's literally in my ears right now, and it's it's not good. It's awful. Yeah. And then I had to see Jesse on top of it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Be glad that we don't do video. <clears throat> yeah. Often. We have the face for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, episode 49, we have put out a Christmas sticker. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> what? Yeah. Talk about the Christmas sticker. I want, I want to read something. I want to read something before. Okay. I, I have to we navigate have, to it. Uh, you navigate. We have uh, put out a, a uh, Christmas sticker. That has the cheery circa 1940s, 50s Coca-Cola ad Santa Claus on it that says, Cole? Question mark? No. Heretics get slaps. And we thought we'd do a whole episode to really kind of drive home what we were talking about here with the old St. Nick and slapping of a heretics. Yay. Did you want to thing? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, I posted on Facebook today. Asking if there's any uh, interesting traditions or family traditions anyone wanted to share, or if there's any particularly Canadian traditions. And I, I don't know if you saw oh, this. I, I read that. Did and you, I, I did have one question, but yes, go ahead. Uh, and read you, it. you can ask it after. I'm going to try to do it in in in, in a can, in a Canadian accent. Well, so uh, Rich, uh, <laughs> go for it. Rich Hazard says this: In Canada, everyone puts on their best toque and parka and goes out for a little rip, bud. Then back to the house to sit on the Chesterfield by the fire, sipping warm maple syrup. It's my favorite time of year, eh? So when he says rip bud, is that a... <laughs> it doesn't mean that. Pot smoking term? No, no, no. Not in Canada. They don't They do not do anything that dirty in Canada. Really? Yeah. I so disagree. To, to translate that for the, for the five <laughs> Americans that listen to this, uh, he, said, he said, in case you're wondering, a toque is what you call a beanie, a parka is a warm winter coat, out for a rip is going for a drive just for fun, preferably in a pickup truck. And a Chesterfield is a sofa. That is the translation. Also, there are some U's where there aren't U's in, in English. That's because uh, we separated from England. So, in American English, I guess it's say. Boy, they. Fave our writ. That was the whole thing that you just did. It's confusing because they adopt French words and English words like that's normal. Hey, you know what else I wanted to say before we got started? I just want to thank you guys. We crossed over the 10,000 download mark, which is Whoa. pretty fun. Wow, you just dropped that right out. Of I nowhere. did. I dropped that right in. So I just wanted to thank you guys. Uh, it's super fun engaging with you, and hopefully that hopefully this is, well, edifying to the church. That's the whole thing. That's You know, that's, that's why we do <laughs> almost everything. Amen. So this episode titled tonight is St. Nick Redeeming a Myth While Telling the Truth. And I will give what I would like to call a warning. <laughs> explicit. That's not explicit concept. It's not explicit oh, concept. No, 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 no. I just know that so many, so many people, some people listen to this in the presence of children. And I just want to give a warning since we are talking about St. Nick and potential family traditions and also truth want to give you the opportunity to not listen to this necessarily with the children if that's a thing that you may do in your home but before you tell the children what but but, but, but what we kind would of. like to <laughs> what we would like to ask is to give it a fair listen and uh and if it, if it if you find it uh biblically accurate glorifying to god and uh and helpful to use it and uh if you have a different mix uh some of this is some of this is is clear i think clear biblical speaking and some of this will be um some of this will be more anecdotal uh but i believe wise so i just i'm, I'm putting out lots of clarifying here so this is all the beginning oh, so that you can actually take 
Exactly. I'm making up words. So Cla- you can Clara, Clara, follow Clara Fiki. He knows the way. <laughs> so you can have the opportunity to 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 do that. All right. I know. I'm saying this because I know Santa Claus and Saint Nick can be a very touchy subject. I was almost feel like this, this episode is like one of the few that I've actually wanted to give a trigger warning on. <laughs> trigger not, warning. Not that kind. But the other, yeah, you know what I mean. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, okay. that's where I was going yeah, with it. Yeah, I know. Sorry, we, we just had, the, yeah, we had, we had, we had a moment. We had a moment. Yeah, yeah that's all right. I was going to say, but I was yeah, like, no, nope, I can't say nope. that. So uh, to start us off tonight, I thought it might be appropriate. If we're going to do redeeming a myth while telling the truth, I think it might be fun to start with who the heck was St. Nicholas? <laughs> oh, who in the world Saint Nick. was St. Nicholas? Let me ask you this, Jesse. When did you first become acquainted with St. Nick? That's, acquainted. That's uh, That's... Uh, I don't know. School, school. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know. No I don't idea. know when. Listen, I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Wow. Oh, you know what? That's fair. So then, pretend I didn't ask you that question. Thanks, Saint Nick. Um, <laughs> Saint Nick lived from two seventy to three forty three A.D. Uh, historically, we have 270 to 343 AD. I, I feel he, bad. I feel like I didn't give you what you wanted out of that. No, I didn't know. I, well, I honestly, for you me, want to make something up. I didn't really interact with the idea of who Saint Nick was. One cold wintry did, night when I was four, until we did the coloring contest at um, at the the Boys and Girls Club, and that would yeah. have been like eight years ago. Jeez. So I didn't really do any like deep studying of who the heck he was. Outside of Saint Nick, was just associated directly with Santa Claus to me. Before then. But then now I have a background of who Saint Nick is, and I think I think it actually is a, it's a beautiful thing to have a piece of the picture that actually brings brings a, a much more beautiful historical uh, Christian idea to to this the, anyway. reality. Yeah, Re- it's reality. <laughs> <laughs> so he lived from two seventy to three forty three. Now he would have been living under Roman rule. Uh, he would have uh, he. He is known as the Bishop of Myra, which is a coastal city in Asia Minor. He, he is um, known to have been born in Patera, uh, Asia Minor. All of this being ruled by the Roman Empire. And be- because of that, we, we know that uh, initially he would have grown up under a more tumultuous time. The whole, the whole, this whole time frame was kind of a tumultuous time. Uh, so there's really not a lot. There was a tumultuous time frame. It was a tumultuous time frame, uh, particularly for, for Christians in the Christian church. You had tremendous persecution, followed by this just kind of unparalleled interaction with Constantine taking the throne. And so it was this, it was a very, it was a very weird time. There's, there's, there's a, not a ton of direct, like firsthand information we have on St. Nick, um, St. Nicholas of Myra, Bishop of Myra. We don't have a ton of firsthand information on him, uh, but we do have pieces that lead us to definitely acknowledge him as a historical figure, which is pretty cool. So you have to put yourself back in that Roman time frame. Well, you can't be a saint if you're not real. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Let us talk about the Reformation. <laughs> okay. Um, so the the early the early story of Saint Nick is that he was born to a uh, wealthy family, uh, a wealthy Greek family, um, who had who lived in the port city and and. Uh, had may have had something to do with trade uh, and mer- with like the mercantile mercantile <clears throat> yeah that's the word businesses right exchanging of goods the exchanging um, of goods and they had become wealthy and when they pass away they leave him uh, an inheritance nothing right. no <laughs> an inheritance oh this is real Batman yes it is real Batman were they murdered yeah when, <laughs> by the by the Joker <laughs> no <laughs> no um, but they had a care uh, it, it, it it seems it may have been when he was very young. So you're talking about a time frame where there was actually a caretaker that managed the estate, and he was given to it when he was old. When he was given it when he was old, he had been raised in a Christian tradition. And so um, one of the things that's always stuck with St. Nick is his, uh, his very intentional um, generosity. He was very generous with what he had. He did not see it as his to keep, but his to use for the glory of Christ and the good of others. Well, isn't that just how it's supposed to be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he, he, it comes from that exclusively Christian idea of generosity and charity to glorify God. And he used his wealth. He used the wealth that, that his parents left him specifically for that purpose. And I think that, that that's, that's one of the key things that always ties together St. Nick and the idea of a Santa Claus-like figure of legend is this idea of giving gifts and being generous. Um, was he also jolly? Well, 
let's tell a story and we'll see how jolly you think he was. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue, Jesse. That, good job. Um, so for the, for many of you that would know, the, the first, what we usually refer to as one of the first ecumenical councils, the Council of Nicaea took place in 325 AD. This you may you may know this council because a whole creed came out of it called the Nicene Creed, uh, which many churches will repeat. Absolutely named. Yes, it makes sense. Which many churches will reference before they before they bring a church. If you're in a creedal church that may may speak a creed like the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. Um, regardless, this council was convened with bishops in attendance at the behest of the Emperor Constantine uh, to basically discuss what what boils down to the views of tr- uh, a Trinitarian God. Uh, versus what we now rightly call and correctly identify as a heresy <laughs> ah. um, of Arianism. Um, and Arius uh, believed, uh, the specific the specific heresy here is that Arius believed that Jesus was begotten. So he was begotten in time by the Father. He believed that Jesus was actually uh, a, a, in a subordinate position to the Father, whereas the Trinitarian position in, in the... Well, we'll just say it. The biblical position is that uh, God is a triune God. He is uh, he is uh, co-equal, eternally existing. He is eternally existing, um, and and they are three, and this, they are three uh, with the this of the same God, the same essence. They are, they are. maybe maybe Arius just didn't have John one, you know. Right, he had, he did, was the word, and the word was with everybody, God, else, and everybody else, and everybody yeah, else, everybody did. else did. And, and they really should have just let him see it. No, that's not the case. Uh, yeah. So he had followers. Sometimes, um, sometimes you just can't see it with just talking to someone, you know? Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to get right up in there. <laughs> Real close to that guy. Yeah, with your hand. <laughs> so what happened? So, to his face. So uh, on the list, uh, there, there are many lists of the attendees of the Council of Nicaea. Um, and there are shorter lists and there are longer lists. They can range from 200 to 300 attendees. Um, you'll find the name of Nicholas... Of Myra uh, mentioned on the longer lists. In fact, the the most what what is what is attributed to be the most historical list is the list by Theodore the Lector, who has my child's namesake. Yes, yes, <laughs> good old Theodore the, the Lector. Lector. <laughs> um, Theodore the Lector mentions uh, mentions Nicholas of Smyrna uh, as the hundred and fifty first attendee in his list of the attendant the attendees of the Council of Nicaea. Um, no, he doesn't get there too early, but he's never not really late, you know. He's yeah. So, kinda... so what we're doing is we're putting we're putting Saint Nick here right right <laughs> in all up in the Council of Nicaea, yeah, right right smack dab in the middle. Um, and what we'll see is uh, Saint Nick was an ardent uh, defender of Trinitarianism. He believed in the co-equal, co-eternal, triune God of the Scriptures. And well, that's a relief. <laughs> Boy, is it. And this this story, though, also itself not 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 necessarily historically accurate. Uh, we we can't actually say this for sure happened, but the story goes <laughs> that as as a Arian, this is how they referred to the heretics, uh, had gone on for some time, not yielding the floor, eventually. The bishop of the bishop of Myra, Saint Nick himself, got up, walked across the auditorium. Right now, they would have they they would they would have actually spoken from a podium like area, a, a more central area, in a more um, amphithe- amphitheater style room where they would have been able to the rest of the crowd would have been able to hear as the sound would have funneled you know sort of upward, went down to this <clears throat> heretic, and. Tried to communicate with him to to stop this onslaught of of lies, and uh, as that didn't work, and they got a little heated, Saint Nick smacked him in the face. <laughs> just, <laughs> just smacked the guy. Just now, the 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 oldest the oldest traditions of these stories did not, did not actually mention it as Arius himself, uh, but a. a a Arian of some some form. One of one of could have been one of his followers. Doesn't necessarily say that it was exactly Arius. Regardless, the man smacked a heretic in the face. <laughs> this this has spawned many many a wonderful meme. 
Yes, many wonderful memes. For instance, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've denied if you've denied the divinity of Christ. So if you're an Aryan duck, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a classic. A classic. Um, <laughs> I prefer uh, one of one of my favorite one of my favorite <laughs> anecdotes on the smacking of heretics. Uh, let's see if I can find mine since you found yours. Is this one but from the uh, Twitter account Church Curmudgeon, which is a very fun Twitter follow, Church Curmudgeon. Uh, it is this. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll have to sing this one. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. <laughs> no one's listening to the podcast ever again. <laughs> Up at Nicaea, Bishop's Paws, Arius and Santa Claus. One claims a time when the sun was not. One says that's a heretical thought. Ho, 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 who's going to go? Ho, 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 who's going to go? Off with the right hook, good St. Nick. Down goes the dirty heretic. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. Uh, I do like that one. That was, that was very good. good. Very good. Aww, fun times. It wasn't so bad. It wasn't. I'm not saying I'm going to start a career or anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it worked. You get it. So uh, this We don't is... start careers. We just start more and more ministries. <laughs> <laughs> that's, boy, is that, we've got I've got to sleep. Um, so, <laughs> this is the great story. We we love this story. This is whether it is a historical fact or not. It's actually attributed. It, it's then attributed. You know how, you know how when they did the veneration, there had to be miracles. Well, upon the smacking of the heretic, Constantine defrocked and imprisoned. Um, Saint Nick, obviously because, you know. Bishop Bishop shouldn't be sm- <laughs> Bishop shouldn't be smacking people. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and uh, Christianity had become deeply in- was beginning to be entangled with uh, the crown, and that is always uh, it's just a mess. Anytime religion and 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 crowns get entangled, it becomes very messy. Just ask the Israelites. <laughs> oh, yeah. How's that go for you, Saul? So, so uh, yeah, he went to prison. Uh, that didn't go well because they had just gotten through, you know, persecution by the emperors. And so all the rest of the bishops are looking around like, what just happened? <laughs> um, again? Again? <laughs> we'll do more than throw hands. <laughs> uh, so anyway, regardless, um, this is the story. That's why. And that's why heretics don't get coal. They get slaps. They get slaps. slaps. Now, I I don't know Um, if anybody noticed, but um, when I watched the Polar Express recently with my kids, um, they didn't mention any of this. No? Did they mention Santa Claus? Yeah, he was in there, along with the bell. Did he? There was a bell? Yeah. Yeah, Have you seen Polar Express? I Honestly, and I'm just going to say this straight up, as far as Christmas movies goes with the Polar Express, it's like low. No, I, I agree. Like, so low down there on yeah. the list of... Since my wife doesn't listen to this, I literally only watched it because she put it on for the kids. She wanted to I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad it. movie, but I always get lost somewhere in the middle, and I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, do, the, do they ever explain who that weird appearing, disappearing guy is and all throughout the whole movie? at some point, I'm just like... It just oh. makes me terrified that a hobo is just going to magically appear in my room and then disappear after he does something. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's just... <laughs> Which is not unlike what the real, what the mythical Santa Claus does. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Wait a um, second, is that the point? <laughs> all I'm saying here, <laughs> the hobo is Santa Claus. All I'm saying here is that what we have in the historical figure of Saint Nick is a real person who really followed Christ. Um, and um, well, well I, I think it's a, I think taking taking a stand on the truth of God's word. A bold stand is something that we're all about, and uh, you know, amen. Doesn't get much bolder than smacking a heretic in front of everybody else. Like, boy, I mean, it's, this is how we're going to. This it's, is it's on it's, my bucket list. I'll say that. <laughs> this is how this is goes down. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> I am Batman. All right. Um, <laughs> well, that's Saint Nick. Now we transition from from this a a real story um, of a real person who really existed and really ministered and, and lived out a, a generous life, um, for the glory of God. Um, and we transition to what we have in Santa Claus, right? So Santa Claus, you immediately get a picture in your head of a St. Nick with werewolf claws. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Santa with his big gnarly fangs, just slashing Arius's face. No, that's not St. Nick, Santa Claus. Santa Claus Santa is a Claus. big jolly guy with a bowl full of jelly for a belly and a white beard and 
you know, dimples and he's got red Did it wiggle around like marmalade jelly? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it did. DC talk. Jesus freak. Yeah, one of those guys apostatized. (coughs) Well. So far. Only one? At least. We'll see. Pray none of Let's pray no one. No more. No more of that. Everyone stop deconstructing everything. It's ruining everything. My whole childhood is ruined. (laughs) Um, But Santa Claus, big red suit, you know, travels around the world. And one night he, uh, you know, touches his nose and goes down chimneys. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's how he does it? Yeah. Like a little touch of the nose. Yeah. A little wink of the eye. Does he really? Is that part of the thing? Yeah. Up the chimney? No? All right. Uh, No, I'm not Uh, familiar with it. You know, I don't know. Reindeer fly. There's a whole there's a whole sort story here. Oh. So you had you had Sinterklaas in the Dutch culture. Um, Sinterklaas. Yes. Now Sinterklaas. Now what's interesting is many of these uh, traditions actually orchestrate their days uh, similarly to uh, Saint Nick Day, which is which does fall on December the sixth. So Saint Nick's Day is December the sixth. So you had Sinterklaas. Literally on December sixth, you'll have Dutch children leave their boots or. What did they wear? Clogs. clogs. Yeah, wooden shoes outside. The little clogs. <clears throat> they would leave one clog outside, and in the morning it would be filled with Wiener Schnitzel. Nope, that's gross. It would be filled with candy, <laughs> candy and sweets, and and sometimes money. Dutch chocolate. Um, yeah. Yep. Dutch chocolate. There you but go. not not raw Swiss sausage meat. meat. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what they do in Dutch culture. I um, definitely want to sneak over to your house on Christmas Eve. And put so well, I'll be sure to leave feet. none of my shoes outside. You <laughs> sycophant! Uh, across Europe, they had a individual that was referred to uh, as Father Christmas. Father Christmas was a uh, think of the great dad. Think, <laughs> no, think of the ghost of Christmas future. Or no. The no, no. Oh, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, Don't no. That. No. <laughs> That's terrifying. It's a dark Grim Reaper oh, figure. No. <laughs> Think of the ghost of Christmas present. Jolly, full of mirth. He brought he brought um, cheer and gifts. And ostentatious. And sure, yes. And he was, you know, he, that's the kind of figure that Father Christmas was. Come in and know me the, better, man. Yes, that would be the Father the father. Christmas-ish figure from the Muppets Christmas Carol of the Ghost of Christmas Present. Well, yep. I mean, I mean the real the real Christmas Present said that as well. <laughs> Are you a little absent-minded spirit? <laughs> no, I'm a large absent-minded <laughs> spirit. <laughs> anyway, all right, we're moving forward. We could do that um, whole movie. I guarantee it. <laughs> just about, and and so many of these many of these traditions do coincide earlier on in December around the Saint Nick Day. Uh, this is the day he was named as a saint in the catholic church so <clears throat> so uh beings as there was no peace with rome during the reformation um one of the things now this is i'm not saying this is inherently when the idea of a december a later december date celebration celebrating christ's uh celebrating the advent season occurred um but i am saying that one of the things martin luther during the reformation tried hard to do was to take the uh many of the ideas of of uh Christian morality that were associated with the saints solely and pull them away from this veneration of saints and pull them towards Christ. And so he wanted to center this idea of gift giving um, that was celebrated around St. Nick and on December 6th and centered around Christ. And so he, he really did try to make a push to pull that, that gift giving more towards the December 24th and 25th dates that, that had, uh, had already had significance in the Advent calendar season as well. So that's kind of your Santa Claus realm. And then we mash that up and we mingle it all up. We bring it all the way over here to America and Coca-Cola brands it. And then we have basically just red suit, fat guy. He gives gifts. And somehow now, now instead of like giving gifts outside your door, which is like convenient in a shoe. I mean, that's, that's, that's all good, right? That's legit. He comes down your chimney into your home while you're asleep. That's, that's weird. (laughs) That's weird. I don't know how he gets away with it here. We got that that Second Amendment, baby. You ain't. (laughs) I'll tell you, I see one guy like that coming anywhere near. (laughs) My simply safe alarm goes off, and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have very light training and an itchy trigger finger, but finger buddy, you might want to step outside. (laughs) All right. Anyway, oh oh, no, (laughs) Uh, that's funny. So we have these two, these two, like really. These, are, these are opposing stories. We have one that's rooted in a story of, of historical uh, Christian significance. And we have one that is, you know, really fun. There's, 
There's joy, partying, drinking, eating, gift giving. But where is the connection point that is 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 to be made to the historical figure himself? And 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 ultimately what Christ's church is about, which is that generosity that flows from Christ. Um, that's the model and picture we have in someone like uh, Nicholas of Myra. That's that's that picture that we see there, and also someone who boldly stands for truth and is not willing to allow uh, his savior to be defamed uh, by someone who is speaking in ignorance. Literally, won't let it stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you got to smack. Sometimes you got to smack, smack a heretic. You know. Yeah. Reach out there with the right hand of fellowship. Yeah, and so I, I think it's important. I think it's important turning the corner here. Uh, you know, how do we parent through Santa Claus? How do we parent through this modern twenty first century American uh, idea of Santa Claus? Because a, a lot of parents do try to bring that fun, jolly, um, you know, Christmas story into the Advent season. Now there's unfortunately like the elf on the shelf and all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, that's a thing. Why did people make life harder for themselves? I do not, I don't understand it. I got to tell you, if we had an elf on the shelf, we would have lost it the first year. (laughs) Where is the elf on the shelf? Don't know. No idea. I think last time I saw him, he was playing in the toilet. Oh, he must have (laughs) fallen in. Oh, no. Bye. Well, he's dead now. <laughs> but well, but, kids, you drowned the elf. You know what that means? Christmas is cat. But how how do we parent this? I mean, maybe maybe your child has been the one, or maybe you've been in a setting where a child has you know quote unquote ruined Christmas. You know, by informing all the other children about the truth of the jolly red man that comes into your house um, on Christmas Eve. Uh, so here we. <laughs> Oh, you okay there? Sorry, I choked on the truth there. Here's what we <laughs> here's what we don't want to do. What we don't want to do is we don't want to demonize anybody, but we do want to offer some some wise and biblical counsel as we look to what, what I what I believe we should be doing, which is um, celebrating the advent season it's my it is literally my favorite time of year and i work in an industry it's the most (laughs) wonderful time of the year i work in an industry that tries to rob all christmas joy from everyone it (laughs) brings it right out it really tries but it does not get mine darn it i love the advent season i love taking four stopping whatever um expository series we're going through and just stopping it for four weeks and focusing solely on the the advent of christ the Careful. coming of Christ into this world. Some of the reformed bronies are gonna are gonna get on you about that. Yeah, go. Well, if you need my address, you can just go ahead and DM at DM me. Bring it, bring it, son. Oh boy, <laughs> b- 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 bring it. Um, I love, I love focusing, I love focusing on that. I think it's something that that centers us, reminds us um, of the Christ in whom we serve. It's, it's, it's great. It's a great time of year to do it too. Um, so. I think if we can move that, that's that's why the title is really redeeming a myth, while simultaneously telling the truth. I think it. I think it offers us. I think there's what I'm trying to say is I think there's a really great way to celebrate the Advent season, and what I want to pose is, is Santa Claus that great way? <laughs> because I I don't know that it is. So I think what what happens is we get to this question, right? And we wonder, is Santa Claus a question of truth? Is it a question of the truth? Now, how you answer that, that first, this first question really kind of probably dictates how you then interact with Santa Claus inside of your family, inside of your home. Um, which, by the <laughs> whether, way... Whether that's with the tip of a shotgun or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or inviting him in and leaving out cookies for an invisible fat man. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I, I mean, so I just... What I, and one of the things I do want to say first before we do this, when we're speaking about this, one of the things that we... Oh, no, we, it's the governor of Illinois. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> one of the things that Am we... I, to say that? I, I guess so. He's not, listen, <laughs> he's not listening. So when when we look at the home, we're looking at that, that base layer of God-given culture building, right, that he gives us. He gives us the home, right, from the individual to the family, right? It is a the... A man, a woman, having being blessed through children. We're looking at that... Um, that that joyful uh, foundation that every 
culture that can grow and flourish needs to have as a healthy society needs families healthy families yes so that's what we're speaking about here when we're asking this question is no and 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 everyone immediately is going to say oh my gosh you're making this a big deal about Santa Claus it's just Santa Claus and I'm like well it is just Santa Claus and it's also it's also what we're instructing to our children and so when you when you put it into its proper context it suddenly is a much larger thing than is just a it's a fun little lie we tell you know, it's a fun a fable story time, or I, you know, or I grew up with it and it didn't mess me up. Right? I think. I think. <laughs> well, have you looked at yourself? <laughs> right, yeah. I just think. I think. I think it's appropriate if we're going to bring every thought captive to Christ. That this is one of those thoughts we should do it with. Um, I think it's something that we should be thinking biblically about. If we're not thinking, if there's something that we put outside the the realm of thinking biblically about, then we've we're, we're missing the mark of Christ. We're missing the mark of His call and His word. Yeah, you're not doing sanctification right. Certainly not. Most most certainly not. And so, how you answer this question does become really the crux of the matter. Um, if Santa Claus is a question of truth, then we have to then wrestle with it. And if Santa Claus is not a question of truth, it's just something that you can get to do that's void of truth or void of needing to have a framework for in which you do it, then I mean, there's probably more questions to ask and talk there. So what we're going to do is going to say, is the question of Santa Claus a question of truth? We're going to say yes. Now let's talk about it. Yes, it's a it's a question. I think it is a question of truth. What do we do with it? Right. And remember, the goal here is to redeem the myth while telling the truth. Right. And and then we have to ask ourselves, all right, so how long are we going to be perpetuating a farce before it gets, like, messy? How, Mr. Owl, how many lies does it take <laughs> no. to get to the center of Christmas lore? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> One, a two. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Christmas Lord's dead. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Owl. Mr. Um, it, it does get messy. And what, so, is that, what is that like German? It was like, like a Krampus or something like that. Krampus. Krampus, whatever. Krampus, yeah. Krampus got him. Krampus. It's not good. We're not, gonna, we're not doing that. <laughs> but if you're going to tell one, I mean, you might as well tell the one that really... I, I, go Aesop's fables, right? Like, let's scare the crap out of these kids. <laughs> get, the, get the right... If we're trying to go for outcomes here, right? Let's get the right outcome. Uh, fear is a powerful motivator, right? We can give up freedom, liberty... Uh, <laughs> jobs we just give it all up for fear anyway that's a different podcast different podcast we've made that podcast too many times so many times (laughs) um it does get messy so here's a here's a personal story this will be this will give a personal story this is wow this is gonna take me i had to think about how old i was first to even like put this into a context of how long ago this was this would have probably gone back minimum 15 years ago I was running the junior high youth groups uh, teaching, essentially. Um, I taught, was it was a pretty serious teaching. We went through several books of the Bible exegetically. Uh, in the midst of Timothy, this, this occurred during First Timothy, I remember we were talking about something, and, and we, were, we were speaking specifically about truth um, and, and fable and, and lie, and I mentioned, <laughs> silly me, <laughs> I mentioned... Uh, in passing, more like an anecdotal or, or slightly sarcastic interaction with the room, that it's like it's like Santa Claus or the Easter Buddy. And I mentioned it in passing, like, you know, as if to talk about something that was not true. Now, I'm talking to a room of 13 and 14-year-olds. I <laughs> thought... <clears throat> I thought it was a safe place. <laughs> you thought that piece of information wouldn't be news to anybody. It was. It it turns out, and, and of course I'm teaching, so I'm teaching a group, and it's it's a full room. I mean, at that point we had probably had about twenty five to thirty five kids in seventh and eighth grade. We were we were we were we were going through it. We would ask questions. We we would dive into some word, and it was awesome. But I noticed that someone got upset. It was a girl got upset and left the room. And then someone talked to who my mom was actually one of the helpers in this, in the junior high. And someone had spoke to her and she left and went out and talked with her. Now I get, I, I, I was like relatively oblivious to this as I'm trying to teach and engage the kids with the material. We're talking about God's word. We're trying to dive into the truth. I, I come to find out later what, what had happened was that moment in church. Now, I'm okay with this kind of because it was in church in the context of talking about the biblical truth and it, but it does certainly highlight the danger that I think is definitely inherent in doing this. What had happened was there was a child whose parents gone had gone to the lengths to continually perpetuate the myth of Santa Claus in the home so as 
for that child to be confronted with the reality that Santa Claus was not real in the context of a Bible teaching lesson at church caused them to be very upset. Great consternation, as the KJV would Very uh, upset. Um, and... Of course, of course. That is certainly not something that I want. I don't want to cause a child to be upset. At the same time, I'm not wearing that one, people. <laughs> that one's not on me. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm not going to put that on my shoulders. And this, the, hopefully, hopefully you can, you can kind of. Un- but isn't that just the type of thing? Get what I'm saying here. <laughs> uh, right. That's not my the 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 pain that happened was not as a result of of my lie rather it was a result of being confronted with the truth from two people that you were supposed to and you're supposed to in god's word intensely trust and honor who are supposed to lovingly care for you with all that all of the best god glorifying intention i just happen to be unfortunately in the middle of that <laughs> but it was the truth that caused the pain because the lie was coming because of the source of where the lie was coming from you follow me? Yeah. The source was the family, and that 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 caused a very deep and and sad and hurt that required some conversations, you know, including parents to be like, look, um, this happened. Uh, also, what the heck? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to parent your kid, but she's 13. But do better. <laughs> <laughs> like she's 13. I, I, so all right. Let me pause. What I'm not trying to do here is I'm not trying to enter into any world of judgmentalness. What I want to get us to is the point where we can interact with what the scripture calls us to do and redeem a myth by telling the truth, because that's got to be the goal of, of what we're doing here, right? Again, is the question of Santa Claus a question of truth? If I answer that, yes, I have to wrestle with it. So let's think about it. What is the benefit? What is the benefit to perpetuating a Santa myth inside of your home? Can you think of any benefits, Jesse? To having know. Santa inside my home? <laughs> is that what you said? Not like saying? the literal figure. Oh, But oh. to, I believe the words I use. <laughs> I'm like to, target practice. Perpet- perpetuating <laughs> a Santa myth inside uh, your home. Is this where I'm supposed to try to think of one? All right. I'll, get, I'll start it off easy. Oh, little. okay. Okay. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, it, it could be fun. Okay. I can see where some where people might think that. Right. It could uh, be fun. It's, All right. uh, um, maybe perhaps it's a family tradition that you want to keep going in your family. So you could you could tie fun and tradition together. Yeah. I perhaps can see that. perhaps you are not good at gift giving and you want to blame Santa for <laughs> bad, for bad gifts. Yeah, I mean it might be convenient to have a very real mythical figure that you can blame a whole lot of stuff on. That'd be convenient. Oh, you didn't get that? Maybe Santa will remember next year. Write this down, honey. I'm going to forget next year. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Okay. All right. I find it hard to take the position because I've, I've honestly, I, I didn't grow up with it and I've never held it. So, No, and I've, I've thought, I mean, I've thought about it a lot. There's, uh, those are the main benefits. It's, <laughs> it's a tradition that we do and it's very fun. The, I mean, often I've, I've had conversations. Often the answer is the kids really enjoy it. Right. Uh, the kids really enjoy the the Santa Claus. You know, I, I go outside on the roof. I make scratching sounds. The kids get excited. They go to sleep. You know, I have a, I, I usually rent a suit every year, and it's really exciting. The kids try to, you know, wake up, and they try to, you know, see me, and it's very it, – it's just enjoyable. It's an enjoyable, fun tradition that we do at our house, right, until that one song becomes truth. I saw mommy kissing uh-huh. Santa Claus. <laughs> Sometime <laughs> after I was 13 years old. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's an awkward name. Um, so those are the, and those are the main benefits. But what are the drawbacks, right? Well, I can tell you, well, having seen that firsthand, that whole incident that I saw firsthand, um, that, that was almost like a, that was almost like one of those real scary kind of, I believe the world refers to them as come to Jesus moments in my life where I was like, we're not going to have that happen. <laughs> I, I got to find me a woman who's on board with the reality that that's not something that's going to happen in our home. Like that, that what I just saw. Nope. That's, that's, that's not going to work. Uh, that's not, that's not what I want. And and here's, here's a clear drawback. 
Do you know the people who who are the type of people that refer to Jesus in the same breath as Santa Claus? They'll say Jesus is just a myth, like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. What kind of people do that? Um, atheists, yes, God haters. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. those are the types of people that that do that. And and the problem is Jesus Christ is not like Santa Claus, right? Or no. like the Easter Bunny, correct? But because we treat Santa Claus as if he's real. You may have a slightly more difficult time peeling back the layers of that onion. It just right. doesn't seem like, it, as far as drawbacks go, one, I don't want to perpetuate any of that type of a stereotype that <laughs> exists inside of the Dawkins and the the Hawkins, Hawkins, and I don't want to, I don't want to exist like can perpetuate that kind of a stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jesus doesn't exist, just like Santa Claus. Well, I believed in Santa Claus till I was thirteen. <laughs> Is that about the same time you stop believing in Jesus? Oh, you know, I mean, like that's that's not that that this is this is where I think one of the big drawbacks come in, come in. Now, what we haven't even attacked yet is the scripture. I think the scripture causes much many more drawbacks uh, to there. And I think when we look at the benefits, we talk about well, it's the children really love it. What we're forgetting is what is the value of truth to children. I mean, it's immense. You when you lay a concrete foundation of truth in children, right? When you follow the scriptures, right, to literally train up a child in the way he will go. What the scriptures tell us, the product of doing that hard work is, when he is old, he will not stray far from it. He will remain close to that foundation. And so, what I don't think you can do is begin to is begin to push in little pieces of uh, detached rubble into your foundation of lies that you perpetuate that are super fun, right? And then they just form small cracks that don't help the integrity of your foundation. I'm not saying your house crumbles down from it, but I'm certainly saying there's no reason for there to be cracks in that foundation anyway. Certainly not over something like an iconic Coke commercial, <laughs> right? I mean, I just like there's there's going to be so many other cracks we're going to accidentally lay in that foundation through our own sin that I don't know we need to add one more. Right. No, I'm 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 done with that. I mean, it's a it's a hard it's a hard sell when you come at it from the truth versus lie aspect. I think because there's not a lot that justifies, you know, telling this kind of lie. I mean, you know, are are there times where we can be mm, use deception with wisdom? I think so. I think espionage is an area um, where, you know, deception or, or misdirection is appropriate. Also, you know, things like, uh, planning a surprise birthday party. I actually did have someone one time tell me that planning a surprise birthday party is a violation of one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, bro, you are hardcore. Wow. That was, that was real hardcore. He, I mean, he, I can, I can. He told it to me face to face and I had truly, honestly, never up until that point ever considered whether that was actually, a I mean, bad I admire, thing. I admire the game right there. I, I mean, mean I'm not going to hate on it. Uh, either committed or pharisaical, one or the other. I, I, you know, we'll. So I, did he? Did he really? Way. He probably really hated Rahab, like for the whole, you know. Hide yeah, I mean, thing. you know, I did go through uh, several, several instances uh, where people were evading, you know, other people, and uh, he's just still said no. Wow, he stood firm. Yeah, All right. Still, just, the there wrong kind of double down. Okie dokie then. <laughs> he did a Biden double down, not a Trump double down. Oh, no. I'm just kidding, guys. They it's, both double down guys, pretty terribly. It was gracious. They're, 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 they were still politicians, you know, so geez. Jeez, so please. Everybody's sensitive. Um, there, what we can what we can safely say is there is no, there is no value you can put on actually giving the truth to your children. Um, and since here, and what boggles the mind is now that I know who Saint Nick was, I think we have such an awesome, robust history and story to build upon. Right? That 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 there's such a there's such a redemption to what that story is. Who doesn't want to tell their kid about the guy about the the old bishop that came in and smacked a heretic in the face? Who doesn't want to tell that story? Everybody wants to tell that story. <laughs> it's a good it's a good story. That's a way better Christmas way better Christmas story than. <laughs> Quick, get to beds, kids. There's going to be an old guy coming down our chimney. He's going to fluff around down on our down on our first floor for a while. We don't want you awake to see him. Like it's just a weird. It's weird. It's very, very, very. It's strange. weird. All right. And then you and you know what? It's a it's it's always a layered lie too. How does he deliver all the toys? 
Right. Then there's another lie about how he gets around the world, and then how does he build all the toys? Now well, there's that, now then there's you have fake, to explain. Now there's fake creatures that live in a, the North <laughs> Pole. I thought nothing could live there. Well, things can live there, but not well. Well, how does he live well? I mean, there's a whole lot of. Things. Well, I mean, then you got to really answer the question: Why don't poor kids get toys from Santa? And you know, that's like, well, really bad. Boy, yeah. that, that's um, when you're just like, you know what? He's not real, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He's not real, and the reason they didn't get anything is your fault. <laughs> you know, it's just you just got to <laughs> make them wear that guilt, and it's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, they need to own it and take responsibility and accountability for it. There's just a lot of layers to that <laughs> lie. That's that's what I'm trying to say here. I, children value truth, and one of the things I need my kids to know is when they come to me and ask me questions about Jesus, they're going to get their dad's going to open up the Word and it's going to give them truthful biblical answers. And I don't need them wondering if wow, this sounds a lot like some of the things that that Santa Claus does. I don't need that. I, that doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be a barrier to what God's word says, right? And and like it or not, kids cross wires and connect dots a lot more simplistically than than we do, as we've gotten marred and you know by time over time. Kids do connect those lines. They do. They they're there's their simplistic thinking and their ability to grapple with simple truths very very cleanly is is there. So you can't just say, ah, oh, they don't make those connections. I, they absolutely make those types of connections. Yeah. Clearly, you've not been watching your child close enough to see how they make those types of connections all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think if you were to sum it up, the reality here is the truth gives depth to depth to something fun. Um, and without it, we're left to uh, discover the cost of a lie that was meant in good fun, but can end in tears and mistrust. And I don't think that's a, that's not a journey worth taking that that's not a place you want to end up. It just isn't. Um, and so, so what I think, what I think can be done, I think, I think there's a way to acknowledge the the just the complete lack of truth behind and, and maybe this is what what many families do. Santa Claus isn't real. It's just something fun we do. It's not real. He didn't get the gifts. You know he didn't get the gifts. Because Santa Claus doesn't have a job, okay? And if he's not going to work hard, all right? Then he's not worth he's not a laborer worthy of his wages. And that's the reality of it, okay? Ooh. And I can tell you he doesn't work hard because he doesn't deliver any of those gosh darn gifts. I do. <laughs> They're all filling my truck up every day. We didn't, every day. We didn't even touch on how the Saint Nick myth is is a is a spit in the face of all UPS delivery drivers. That's right. Santa Claus wears brown. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a couple of there's there's look if if we have an issue with identifying the fact that the scripture says very clear things about what the truth is, maybe wrestling with it would be helpful with for us. So I don't know. Would you like to read some of these some of these? Uh, scripture it depends are they in the kjv <laughs> they are none of them are in the kjv they're all in the esv oh, okay. uh, and the references are all perfectly correct. oh my gosh you don't use the lsb I can oh use, my gosh look, i can use the lsb i can use it i'm not one of these all stops. the macarthurites oh my gosh they're coming they're pounding on the door <laughs> i don't care guys if you look hey comment you want me to use the lsb go ahead comment you want me to use the csb go ahead just let me know i'll, I'll i'm fine with, with any I, I happen to have the esv open most readily in my logos when i use it I, i'm sorry logos maybe repent for my version <laughs> i was trying to Think i was trying to make a joke right I, it was hard nothing, I literally spinning. nothing came <sighs> nickel for every time all right proverbs 12 17 <laughs> Proverbs twelve seventeen through 20. I almost just died. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. There is ones whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is for but a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. And then down in verse 22, it says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. And circling back, circling all of those things back around to the issue of uh, truth telling when it comes to, I don't know, Christmas myths, um, I, I would come down on the side of the fence that would say that it would not be advisable um, to, to perpetuate St. Nick myths, but rather delve into those, delve into those deep truths and, and get nitty gritty with it. Um, yeah. But we have more scripture. We do, and I'm like, is this the point where we try to justify the 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 annual uh, layer onion layer of Saint Santa Claus, like by saying, "Well, Rahab hid the spies." Like, is that how is that is that where we're going here? Like, you're you're correlating 
you're correlating the need for this particular tradition that way. Like there's there's only so many ways to I think really like make a a argument. I don't think many of them line up logically or plausibly against the word. I mean when you read a when you read when you read a verse it says lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. I mean like it'd be better if you said Jesus dropped the gifts off than Saint Nick. Like Santa Claus. Like it'd be better if <laughs> I just feel like there's so many things like because you can truthfully say Jesus did because everything we have is a gift from God. I mean, like the job that we have, the ability to, to even have extra things that are gifts to be able to give is a, mm. is a, is a joy from God and we should always rejoice in it. I'm constantly smacking my kids with that because you know what? It's hard. Kids, kids need to learn to be grateful. Yeah. My goodness. The word calls us continually to be thankful and grateful. And it's something we have to teach. And if some, some jolly guys dropping off what you want every December the 25th. That's not, it's not inherently a grateful thing. And he did it because you were good. Like it's a behavior oriented thing. There's so many, there's so many things that we really need to consider what we're doing. And we really need to, we we need to bring this into a realm where it's touched by the sovereignty of God, right? Not Mm -hmm. devoid of it. Yeah. So there's a, I, I I, uh, greatly enjoy uh, Ephesians, particularly at the, at the point of chapter four, where there's a hinge pin in the book, uh, with that centers around um, one particular verse. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read several verses from Ephesians chapter four. Uh, I'm going to start with Ephesians four. This section will be verses eleven through sixteen. The Apostle Paul says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, and here's, this is the, this is the, the linchpin of the, of the, of the book where it, it takes a spin. Rather, it says in verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, Mm. for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This the 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 book of Ephesians, it, it, it swings on the verse on verse 15. Here we are to speak the truth in love because what that cultivates is growth into Christ and a healthy functioning body. Later on in the chapter in verses 25 through 27, it says this, therefore having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And and I think anytime we're sowing seeds that are not seeds of truth, we can we must be cautious because the the fruit and the the fruit from that root that springs up can be used by by the devil. We have to be cautious about that. There's there's no reason to 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 grant a foothold to him. He 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 should get none. Right. We Amen. Give him nothing and take no from quarter. him everything. And and I I look at verses twenty five and twenty seven and I think the immediate pushback is this is my these are just kids we're just we're just having fun with our children these are our kids that verse is talking about interactions between the body and neighbors that's not talking about the same thing and then I automatically say so you're saying that this is elevating for us our relationship to others it should not apply to our children mm. it shouldn't apply inside of our home mm-hmm. right we shouldn't we, we don't need to let each one of us be speaking truth with each other yeah. for we're members one of another yeah right? F- fact check all of the one another's apply to your children as well <laughs> amen <laughs> boy do they boy do they if anything you have been given responsibility we have been called to care for them we are they are they are gifts from god they in fact they're not even ours they are his Right, we are we are to be good stewards of what he has given there, and I mean, geez, I mean, you you don't want a millstone tied around your neck. I mean, that's not a thing, right? Uh, I mean, preferably not. Yeah, be cast into the sea than to lead. I mean, if I had a choice between right, 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 that or eating chicken, I would much rather eat chicken, (laughs) like the Lord's chicken at Chick Fil A. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I had somebody tell me Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than Chick Fil A's chicken sandwich the other day, and I was like. Well, I would never know because I wouldn't eat that godless chicken sandwich. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what that tastes godless. like. 
It is the most pagan thing. I mean, <laughs> but... Uh, it's not the most. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe Wiccans are or <laughs> something Certainly else. Certainly there may be something slightly more pagan. <laughs> oh, my gracious. But uh, but seriously, I mean, if you, if you want a good experience, if you want a good Chick-fil-A experience, I mean, this isn't your everyday. This isn't your everyday carry Chick-fil-A. This is like, you know, you're splurging. You've got some extra calories on your app that you can just spend however you want. This is, you go there in the morning, right? You get a number one chicken biscuit combo, of course. Choose your drink, whatever. Add American cheese to it. You'll 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 thank me later. Additionally, you know what? Just add a buttered biscuit on the side because you know what? You deserve it, and your app has space for it. But don't just do that, because some, sometimes they forget to put the butter on it. Let's be honest. Everybody forgets something sometimes. You got to ask for honey. You got you to gotta, you gotta ask for honey. And then, you know, I, I will one-up you right now. What you need to ask them to do is to put honey butter on the biscuit. Wait, that exists? You know the chicken minis? You know when you oh, first get the chicken minis, they're not dry. They're all glistening. Oh, snap. The chicken minis are painted with what we call... Honey butter. <laughs> oh, man. I am not allowed to have any carbs right now, <laughs> I, but boy, I, when I do, I what you what you just were entered, what you were just entreated with was Jesse's <laughs> lustful desires for things <laughs> during ketosis he may not he may not enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's called the pride of life or something <laughs> like pride that. Pride of life. Talking about sin. About oh my gosh. Um I don't even know where to go from that. I don't know how I segue out of this. <laughs> What we wanted to do is cultivate an opportunity for you to think differently about something and, and to ponder it in a way that hopefully brings it inside of a construct that is Christ that is Christ focused, right? That Christ is the center of. And what we're not what we're literally not doing is we're not judging any family for what they choose to do or not to do. We do think what we're trying to highlight is what seem, seem what seems to be from the scriptures a best practice. And it's always good if we're going to be giving the Lord as as we should be doing, if we're going to be doing everything we can to the, to the glory of God, we certainly want to focus on best practices, not meh practices. I don't think that's where we want to aim. Um, yeah, I mean, the world is throwing enough lies at our children. I mean, honestly, they, they really truly are. And if, if we want to be consistently faithful, we have to consider what it looks like to be faithful in this area as well, especially when it's such a huge, huge cultural push. Like, like wicked. I mean, it's not like, you know, believing in Santa for a couple of years is going to send you to hell. But, you know, it, it could actually very well affect your relationship with your children. And uh, even if it doesn't, certainly your relationship with God, potentially. So, and, 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 yeah, I mean, it really is. There's there's just some really great things to pull out of this season. The Advent, I, I encourage, strongly encourage every Christian family to begin to celebrate an Advent season. To, to, to look, to, to just Google it, you know, and just Google it in November. Make sure you're ready to go and, and have, four, have four weeks where you can actually enjoy there's so many resources for the Advent season. So many. So many things that will walk you through a four-week process, whether it be a story that parallels, maybe it's a historical fiction that parallels um, the story of Christ, the story of Christ's coming. Maybe it's a devotional series. There's so many family-oriented devotional series for the Advent season. And, and there's, just, there's just really there's really great resources out there. Um, I, I would encourage every Christian family to adopt it, a, a wonderful and vibrant Advent, uh, Advent season. Um, leading into Christmas every year, I think it's I think it's a beautiful thing, and I, and and I think also incorporating the reality of who Saint Nick is. It's fun to learn about him. It's fun to know that there is an actual person that that we refer to as Saint Nick that actually you know didn't hate God and and wasn't just a person making toys in the North Pole to delve out to the you know kids. And it's like, oh wow, he really picked up his tech game too because he went from making you know wooden battleships to PS5s. I mean, like that's just a weird. There's so many weird conversations to have. I, I just there's so many more. It's such a. It can be such a vibrant, um, Christ-centered uh, time, and as all time should be, that we should really redeem that time well, as the Scripture calls us to redeem time. Yeah, I'm down for it. Oh yeah. Uh, at the hearing of this, I'm it down would... for ring the T. Yep. Redeeming the time. Um, I want to make a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a highlight here at the end of this uh, to continue to be praying for those in Kentucky um, and the surrounding states as that massive uh, tornado that was a mile wide at some points that traveled for over two hundred miles. It touched down. This is this is a, it was a devastating 
uh, a devastating storm. Um, we had a tornado roll through New Jersey here, and it, what was so what is so fascinating is um, it was it was certainly nowhere near as big as as that tornado. You can literally see the path that that it would cut through the, where it would cut through woods. You can see the path of the tornado, and to think of something that was wreaking re- re- that kind of devastation that was a mile wide. I mean, it would it would just level whole small towns in our area would be gone there there in, in places some towns are just a mile wide and that that's the whole of the town um and so be praying be praying for those in kentucky and the surrounding states there is uh it is such a, a, a hard time of year for something like this to happen not that there's ever a good time but um be thinking and praying we also want to mention that uh we if if you do enjoy any of the things that we do make we're we're taking 20 percent off the top of everything so we're kind of pausing uh till the end of uh at least until the end of this coming weekend um we're pausing our giving collection normal giving where that we're at heads and we're we're, we're sending uh 20 of everything uh to uh, uh three trees church in kentucky uh who is heading up on the boots on the ground um, uh, delivering aid and providing shelter um, and, and providing any needs that that the community has. So uh, we've we uh, we've reached out through Facebook to make some contact there. Uh, we'll be giving twenty percent of ev- all sales. Every every total sale of anything from a sticker to a tumbler to a shirt that you have can give for Christmas. We're going to be doing twenty percent directly. Uh, to help those that are being affected in Kentucky, because honestly, we would want to give far more than we are possibly actually capable of giving. And uh, if, if we can do that, we're going to do that. So we would encourage you that if you were thinking about getting something, uh, please feel free to do that and know that that is, uh, that is what we're focusing uh, this, this next, this next four or five day period uh, on, on giving because um, it, every time I see the pictures, it's devastating to me. Agreed. Uh, so having said that, caught you up on a whole bunch of stuff here, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, if you if, please reach out to us, we'd love to have a conversation about this. We don't want you to feel, we don't want us to feel like we're judging any family that does have Santa Claus or judging any family that doesn't do Advent. That's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to provide something for for you to be able to think about and and to actually, you know, begin to bring those thoughts captive to Christ uh, around the holiday season. And I mean, for us, that's the whole of it, right? We're encouraging Oops. you. To seize the faith.